we start to get on troll of stress. Once again, we're using this short-term stress to help us then deal with long-term stress. We're allowing ourselves to get to know how our nervous system works, our mind and our body. Also through science and thanks to WIM, we know that we influence our immune response as well. Hi, I am your host, Raquel Ark, and welcome to your Listening Superpower podcast. This show opens your mind on ways to transform challenging conversations into opportunities for clarity, connection, and ease at work and at home. Discover how to grow your listening superpower to help you become a more effective communicator. Be inspired by conversations with authors, scientists, and leaders that will help you grow your leadership toolbox with strategies that you can use right away. Let's work smarter and feel better with our listening superpower. How can you increase your mental and physical resilience so that you can respond to the day-to-day pressures as well as to huge life changes? My guest, Leah Scott, is an accredited Snowy Mountains Guide and a certified Wim Hof Method instructor. She's also a mother of two, or shall I say, her partner has four kids, so they're a family of eight. So not only imagine work, family, and then focusing on your mission and the resilience that's needed. Her mission is to help people improve their health and well-being and to inspire them to see beyond their limitations, both physical and mental. And she practices this every day, not only at home, but in Australia, where she's located. During the winter, you will find her with her her ice axe in hand, neck deep in the icy waters of the Treadwell River. She enjoys her daily cold exposure ritual, and this ritual is so important to her. In this episode, Leah will share how it has helped her to conquer her own battle with stress, anxiety, and depression. We also dive into the importance of listening to your body, to its emotions and thoughts, and how this is key to physical and mental resilience. Leah and her events have been featured in Vogue, Marie Claire, Body and Soul, Fox News, and other outlets. She also created the world's first Wim Hof Method retreat for women. I was lucky enough to have her as my trainer uh, for my first Wim Hof expedition, and I loved learning from her, and I know that you will too. Enjoy listening in. So welcome to the Listening Superpower Podcast, Leah. It's a pleasure to have you with me today. Thank you, Raquel. It's so lovely to be here and to see and speak to you again after so long. (laughs) Yeah, so Leah and I, for our listeners, we met in Spain at a Wim Hof expedition, and I gave it to myself for my 50th birthday because I wanted to take care of my health and be out in nature and move. What I didn't expect was to meet wonderful people, and especially Leah, who was one of my trainers. And so I invited her on here today because I think you will really, really enjoy her story and how to really listen to your your physical health and your mental health in a way that you probably haven't thought of before, which is really important in our daily lives and in our work lives. So Leah, I always start off with a question. And I'm curious about your answer. When was the first time that you noticed the power of listening, whether it worked 
or it didn't work? Great question, Raquel. And I'm going to answer that by saying it was very apparent about seven years ago, I separated from my husband and we had two boys to look after. And it was a very traumatic time for me. Anxiety, stress, depression, panic attacks. It was very difficult just in the fact that I lost a lot of people out of my life overnight. I really at that time, that that was my early 30s. And I just, I'd been with him for 16 years and I didn't know who I was. Depressed about my past, anxious about the future. and. I started to avoid leaving the house. I had these, I knew to live a healthy life. You know, at the time I was the fittest woman, you know, CrossFit and I enjoyed long distance running and, you know, I ate really healthy, but mentally I was just drowning. And about six months into that, and I had these very, it was these very short, almost awakening moments where I become very clear, like I felt this was in a 60 to 120 seconds and time slowed down and I felt like I was almost floating in my body, like I went through a separation and I also felt like my I'd gained almost a different level of consciousness and from then on that was like a really powerful moment for me and I, I still don't really know why that sort of come you know, about at that time, I pulled it apart quite as much as I can. But that then led me on a path of the seeking journey and to seek out, you know, why is my mind and body behaving this way? You know, what are we doing here? Who am I? And I went on that journey. So it was definitely beneficial. And I say that, you know, my life my second life, I call it, begun at that from that moment onwards because I gotten, I connected with my guidance, like it felt like my spirit, and I've never looked back. Mm. It's amazing how you can think about. <laughs> you were pretty. You were. How would you describe it? It was you're in a dark yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. But it was a gift, you know. I, I look back on that now that I can't really, you know, and I look at, because I train a lot of people, we come into the world, into this world, right, into this body, thinking it's one way. But then when you have to almost, you know, let go of that life, or if you're even, you know, you're kind of like attached to it, and you hold on to it, and you resist letting it go, and you want to control everything, and you're on autopilot. But then it just got to that point where it was, I had to let it go, you know, no matter what the consequences were. And it was jumping into that fear of not knowing that I felt like enabled me to step into who I'm actually supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing here on the planet. Mm, Nice. So you started listening to not to yourself. I mean, I think it's really interesting that you were an athlete before. You were also doing a lot of physical, I mean, long distance running and all sorts of, you were really, really healthy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. on one hand, you were listening to your body, quote unquote, but what you're talking about is something different. 
How would you describe the difference of the listening to your body before and the listening to your body after? Okay. So I suppose I was really educated here in Australia, you know, growing up, if you exercise, you're a fit and healthy person. So that's what it takes to be healthy. So I think it was maybe more of a presumption, you know, that if I, you know, I've done every sport, like it was, you know, soccer, netball, football, um, gymnastics, I was always doing something. And I think looking back now, like where I am here, is that in a way, of course, we need movement. However, the tools I have now enable me to listen to the inside and I don't have to spend, you know, an hour and a half at the gym. You know, I don't need to spend, I realized what I was doing back then, I was trying to calm probably my mental health and my anxiety through exercise. Whereas when I started to listen to my guidance, you know, and really, you know, sort of research as well, like as a young woman, what I should be doing, I'm a lot more calmly for my body and my mental health that these tools come along and yeah, which, which is interesting because, you know, the, the breath work and the cold water and the meditation actually allows us to, I feel like keep evolving, like keep listening to our guidance more and more and to listen throughout the day. So tell me more about that. These new tools that you have that help you still take care of your physical health, but now, but from the starting point of your mental health, it sounds like. Yes, that's right. So as you remember, like I said, I went out onto this seeking journey to understand my mind and body and to help my mental health. And, you know, I, I tried a few different, you know, disciplines and, you know, that was even going to the doctor and just being upfront as to where I was at. And she wanted me to take anxiety pills and sleeping tablets. And by that time, I was already listening to myself. And I just got like an insight in the doctor's surgery there that said, don't do it, there's another way. And so to cut a long story short, I listened to Wim Hof, the Iceman, on one of his podcasts with Joe Rogan. And, you know, he talked about the science behind the method, breathwork and cold water exposure, which was way out there for me back then. You know, I had a, an incredibly mainstream Australian upbringing and that definitely, it just didn't involve breathing and meditation and you'd find me in a wetsuit at the beach, you know, at summertime. But at that point, again, listening to myself, decided to give it a go, to give anything a go that come my way. And yeah, but the breath work, I mean, was lights and electrical signals. I remember back then just laying in bed at home made me feel very peaceful inside, very calm. And I was just, I was blown away from the first time I did it. I had the cold shower, which was very vocal. <laughs> it's not easy at first. It's not, no. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I come out of that cold shower and I was strong and present. And I knew, and this is, again, it comes back to listening, right, and the guidance that I'd found something that had changed my life forever. So I knew straight away and yeah, I mean, I went on to then do it every single day and yeah. 
So tell us, so give us, just to give the listeners a little taste of, well, maybe we should start with, (laughs) just explain some of the science on the cold exposure and the breathing, and then we'll go into some examples of how you can do that, uh, you know, so that, but maybe first explain the science so that our listeners can anchor to a little bit about why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, you that, know, this inner guidance, but actually what the science is saying. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> It's funny. Hey, that's good on whim for, you know, taking it down this route because, you know, it does offer up something that a lot of people are interested in, but what's so beautiful about spending time in a river and breathing is that you just get to know yourself through feeling. So the science is a big question. I feel like because we're talking about mental health and whatnot that I'd like to, I'll keep it about our nervous system, Mm -hmm. let's say. So, you know, for the listeners, I'll make this, yeah, I'll make this short, but hopefully so they can understand. So our nervous system, it's an electrical system. It's this very fast means of communication. It starts in our our brain and comes down through our neck and goes all throughout our body and we fire continuously. And we have a sympathetic nervous system branch and a parasympathetic nervous system branch. So the sympathetic branch is the fight, flight or freeze response. It's where we want to, where we perceive a threat in our lives, let's say. And the parasympathetic is our calm, relax and repair state that we have. So a lot of people could probably more attach to understanding the fight or flight mechanism within our body. Perceive threat. When we perceive a threat, you know, that may be something like a difficult conversation. I know a lot of textbooks like to say we're running from a bear, you know, type thing, but let's make it more human because it's more human predators. You know, it may may be a job that people don't like. It may be a relationship that they're struggling in, they want to get out of. It could be a sick child. It could be financial issues. And my favorite is the imaginary thought. So we all have the imaginary thoughts and rabbit hole thinking, and this is creating, this can create a stress response within the body. And so stress can be short-term, which is called eustress, acute stress, and it can be long-term, which is chronic, which is day in, day out. And it's shown, according to science, very detrimental to our health. And then we have the parasympathetic, which is, it's very much the opposite to our sympathetic, the very, it's calming all of our organs. And we know, thanks to science, that we we get into this state by simply this long exhale. It's a long exhale and this stimulates the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in our body. Again, it starts up in our cranial goes out through our neck, in and out through all of our organs in our body, but it's in control of our heartbeat. So we have the power to calm our heartbeat down with our breath. So we have, once again, just to sort of wrap it up, and then I'm going to go into the breath and the cold water so everybody can put it together. But we have short-term stress, we have long-term stress. So it's like an accelerator and a break in the body. Short-term, really good for our health like triggers adaptations at cellular level, 
long term we know is really the start of chronic lifestyle related diseases we're creating inflammation in the body so when we engage in cold water therapy and we sit in the ice bath or we go we plunge in the frozen river and naturally when we go in there where it takes our breath away okay we go into that fight or flight response and which is the sympathetic nervous system so it activates it's artificial we're activating we're we're in charge of it which is what's beautiful we're in control we go into it we let ourselves go we use our exhale, which is stimulating the vagus nerve, allowing us to go into parasympathetic and we calm down in that cold water. So it's the same as with the breath work. You know, in the in the breath work, we are we have this controlled hyperventilation. You know, many of your listeners perhaps they have done Wim Hof, perhaps they haven't. But it's what we do is we again an artificial stress stimulus, we go into the sympathetic nervous system. Then we breathe with a long exhale and we hold our breath, which is, allows us to go into parasympathetic. So what this is doing is creating consciousness for people about how their mind and body works. This is how it helped me get on top of my stress, anxiety and depression. And what happens is when we do it daily or we make it a habit is that we get on top of the stress response and it's actually not stressful anymore so it doesn't take our breath away you know my if I get into the river now or the ice bath my heartbeat just flutters so we start to get on troll of stress and so this is once again we're using this short-term stress to help us then deal with long-term stress we're allowing ourselves to get to know how our nervous system works our mind and our body also through science and thanks to WIM we know that we influence our immune response as well. We decrease inflammation and we promote leukocytosis. For any of your viewers who are really interested in the science, they can jump onto the wimhoffmethod.com. There's about 10 published papers on there at, at the moment, which is, you know, incredible. And, you know, in even in regards to like just to touch on depression quickly as well. And things like, you know, PTSD ADHD, you know, we know that when we, in in regards to cold water therapy, we release dopamine beforehand, which is, it allows us to feel like we want to pursue something in our body. So it's, it's the chemical for pursuit. We release noradrenaline in the cold water. And so that is responsible for attention, for, for drive for clarity, for presence. And so and the pharmaceutical companies put these chemicals into like antidepressant pills and whatnot. So we know that we can release these chemicals naturally through these natural tools. Which I think is really amazing to know that these tools are there. I mean, I've experienced that myself on all those different levels. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that. I think when I went, I was thinking more physical health, but I have noticed that by doing that, that's helping me manage a huge load of work right now <laughs> with all different things going on and just to stay calm most of the time, <laughs> most of yeah. the time. <laughs> you know, the word that comes up to me when you're speaking and but as I as this word comes up, I'm just wondering what how you how you define this word 
because maybe it has changed, but it's also a word that comes up a lot in the business world. Uh, What you are describing to me sounds a lot like building resilience, mental and physical resilience. And yet I wonder how you understand resilience now. Ooh, yeah, it's such a big word. I just love it. Resilience, you know, and let's compare it to my, to my story where I started, you know, I was uh, very quiet and shy and hid myself away from the world. Um, I was, you know, in fear a lot, whereas once I, I'm now looking at six years on from these tools and walking into frozen rivers and, you know, spending minutes in there and walking along the ice with no shoes on bare feet or, you know, hiking through the mountains for hours in shorts. And I can be at, you know, I'm just at peace with who I am and I'm okay with who I am. Um, I don't have the same, like, yeah, fear is, it's such a perception, you know, it's, it's very hard for me to, I don't really, I have healthy fear these days, but not unhealthy fear. So I think getting, really getting to know myself with these tools and making them such a daily practice has allowed me, yeah, that motivation and, and just to know who I am. And I think in that, you know, it's the 21st century and it's so important where there is just things happening on the outside world everywhere all the time, you know, on social media, um, we're always being told who we should be, how we should act, what we should eat, what we should be doing, you know, whereas, you know, these tools and have allowed me this exceptionally high level of resilience to know who I am and be who I am and be okay with that and I think it's really just mastering like we've spoken about like your podcast is about the listening you know the guidance and just getting in touch with who we are and and showing the world and trusting you know trust has also a big part in in all of this trusting the journey Mm. So you, you've spoken a lot about your journey and listening to yourself and thing and this type of, and listening to your health, but it's starting from this, this more inner wisdom. And a lot of that has to do with these tools that where you become really present in the moment while, and, and this is not only because you have a shock to your system, but learning how to move through that shock when a shock happens, you know, and I was just relating back to these challenging conversations your boss put, you know, someone yells at you or what did you do? You know, we have this shock system. And then how do we breathe through this to get calm, to be able to stay clear, to understand first what's going on, observing first what's going on before reacting in a certain way. I see this happening. And yet you also work with groups. So you help other people become aware of this. And so it's not only listening to yourself, but you have to really be in tune with the people that you're working with. And I experienced this from you since you were training me, you were very in tune with listening to very subtle details of each of the participants to help them to experience this as well over time. 
because I think it takes, it's not something that happens in that moment. It's, it's a process, right? So I was just wondering if we can just bridge over to what you're paying attention to when you're working with people and what you're listening to and how, how does that connect to Mm. your work or what we're talking about? Because I'm Mm. thinking also, this is important for people listening that even are working with teams and stuff, even if this is a different type of work. Yeah. Yeah. Great observation. Awesome question. I love that. Oh, so I am looking at them at a, like a very micro level. I'm watching their facial expressions. I'm watching their eyes. I'm watching the way their cheeks move. You know, like where they're looking at, how they're looking. I'm watching their body. And so it is a constant observation. And, you know, I've gained that skill in just going into the river. You know, I think it's also got to do with some of my awakening experiences as well. But, you know, for, for people who are training others out there, I think it all starts with us first. So I know my craft. I know myself incredibly well because I've done it day in, day out. You know, I the saying, I, I you live what you preach, you know, you that quote. And so, again, it's just allowed me. And, and you know what else comes into that is it's compassion and empathy as well. You know, when, um, again, this goes, you know, back to trainers, It's when you've been through the darkest parts of your life and really gotten to know your tools so well, you can see how to help people that well from, you know, the observations and whatnot. And, yeah, so, I mean, my best advice to those out there would be, you know, to do the breath work and, you know, just try the breathing, have the ice baths, Calm your inner world down, know your inner world. It starts to reflect the outer world and you can see that in people. And it's like it's a connection to yourself. So when when we can connect to ourselves, then connect to everybody else around us. And so, again, it it just starts with us. Yeah. Um, But, you you know, know, one of the – sorry, go ahead. No, I just – when you were speaking before, it made me think of this other quote and – it gets dropped in sort of Viktor Frankl's lap, but I think it could be from somebody else. And it's through stimulus and response, there is space. And in that space lies your freedom to choose your response. And that then allows, you know, it's something about your purpose and destiny is after that. So, yeah, it's it's mastering, isn't it? It's very much mastering that space, you know, in between words, in between time. Yeah, and and for me, when I'm training people in such long ice baths, I mean, you guys were doing 15 minutes. It's it's yeah. huge, you know. And I'm just I'm so proud of everyone that can do that. I think that's how. It's again. That's why I come back to empathy, compassion. I know how hard it is to do something like that and the gifts that come out of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is also something I don't, when, so my experience also in going to an environment like this, you know, where 
you know, we, we kind of know that we're going to be tested in this environment. Right. And so you have people, you know, I was just more curious, you know, and I want to learn more about myself and get healthier. You know, that was my, but then I was around a lot of really intense, really strong people saying, I'm going to push myself, you know, this push, 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 which, so I'm one of these people who, even in my work, I'm, why do I do this podcast? Because I love to learn. I love to connect with people. I'm not doing it to push myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Same thing with the Vim Hof expedition. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be healthy. I want to enjoy, connect <laughs> and learn and grow. Right. But then yeah. you have people <laughs> who want to push themselves. They want to see how far they can go. What are the limits? You know, things like this. And, but I was thinking, Oh, you know, how mm-hmm. do you help people understand those limits? And, and also when you're guiding like a team or a group of people, mm-hmm there's times where you have to say, stop. And you have people who are slower. Some people are faster and you're working with a group of people in these really intense, extreme weather conditions in these group situations. And I was just wondering, you know, what about the collective (laughs) working with these different dynamics? (laughs) Oh, another great question. So, I mean, we spent time in the summer retreat, so you really didn't see like more you know powerful Leah who takes control because I have to do that on the mountain right so over here in Australia I mean a lot of people in the world don't realize that we have snow like we have the snowy mountains sure they're more like hills compared to Europe from what I've seen but you know that's Mount Kosciuszko is 2,252 meters high but I'm grateful, right? They're still out there. But it's all about, it starts from the connection, starts from the very moment someone will walk through the door for the retreat. And so right from then, I am observing them um, just to see how, you know, when I meet somebody, I know how they're really going to react in the cold and what I need to do to help them push through. So I'm building a rapport and um, we're building a relationship from day dot. And so my expeditions normally run for four or five days as well over here in the middle of winter. And so I, and then obviously we bring and we do the breath work, we're doing the meditation. And this is, you know, it releases a lot of trauma and a lot of pain. Someone who walks in the door on day one has just stepped out of their environment you know, like you've mentioned, we have, let's just call them, you know, some gentlemen who might be within the ego, you know, like you said, they, they, they want to push, they want to do this and they want to do that. And they've been very successful business. You know, they're very, very successful. And that push has brought them a long way. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny though, you get them in the river and they go, what did she say? (laughs) What did she say to do? Yeah, so they get to, you know, bond sometimes deeply and open up and be vulnerable for the days leading up to the shirtless mountain hike, you know. So I always give them the talk the day before we hit the mountain. And by this time, you know, we're all connected. It's everybody's, it feels like family. Everyone's opening up, even those who said they would never open up and talk in front of a group. You know, they've all done it by then. So we're all just 
we're closed. And this is why these retreats are so great for corporate people as well. It's so great because they get to connect with their colleagues. And so, yeah, I bring out powerful Leah and I let them know if they don't listen to their bodies, they don't listen to me, you know, by the end. And I tell them you get three chances. I look at them in the eyes and I may say, do you need your gloves, right? Because if you can imagine I've got 20, 25 people to um, be in charge of walking along then, sometimes it's snowing, you know, it could be minus 10 degrees. And it comes back to me knowing exactly what's happening in their body because I know because it's I've done it all before many times. I know myself so well. But, yeah, I mean, we do, also, of course, you get the odd character who then can't, you know, he's gone for a couple of hours without putting his gloves on and then he wants to put his gloves on and his eyes are opening up like, oh, my God, this is getting really cold. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I come over and I help them out and, yeah, they're like, they're looking at me like, I'm so sorry, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know why it's important to listen to me, to listen to your bodies, but that's a huge lesson, you know? And so it's like taking care for them to learn the lesson and yet not go so far where there's any challenges. And I know that you all manage that quite well. So, <laughs> but see, that's where they learn it. That's, yeah. and as long as it doesn't go into, I never let it to go, you know, into the danger zone or anything like that. You know, I have support staff with me and guides yeah, like sometimes they just want to sit in there for as long as they can. And there is the fine line. It depends on the situation and the person. But I will let them do that. And then they come out and they realize, oh, no, now I have to rewarm, you know. And so that's a lesson in themselves. And then they see me like I'm horse dancing with them. I'm looking at them in the eyes. I'm not, I'm letting them know that I'm there. You know, I'm connected to them and they're going to be okay because, as you know, you know, like the the after drop or even the shivering sensation, it can really throw people out, you yeah. know, if you're not mentally ready for it. And, you know, it's it's something else that, you know, when people come in like this, it is good for them to experience the cold by staying longer in the river and experiencing that sensation afterwards to then it happening out on the mountain you know, when we're in the middle of nowhere. So it's always a, yeah, like a gradual, you know, I'm gradually training them along the way. I have plenty of time with them. I, I know their spirit, you know, and I, yeah, I just, I love it. You know, I'm so fulfilled to be able to do that and to pass on. It's even just, I just create the environment. I tell people that's it. You know, they they come along and they experience this incredible amount of healing thanks to these like amazing tools that whims come up with and we all just get to be fulfilled and make the world a better place and there should just be less suffering yeah yeah so, yeah I was gonna <laughs> I was thinking in the corporate world when you said for corporate teams like some people might be like corporate world but yeah and there's so much you know in the think of your day-to-day meetings and how people react there's a lot more quote unquote trauma or how we react in situations from a past situation. Then we react to other situations based on the past reaction or experience versus the actual experience. And people are like, what just the other people in the room are like, just what happened to that person? (laughs) You know, so to even get through that is (laughs) to recognize that that's my stress speaking or reacting and not to my (laughs) self. Yeah. And even just giving them a space if they need to do that. But mm-hmm. it like I 
it never, see, this is what's so brilliant about these tools is that it never gets to anything that's nothing that I can't handle, you know, because they, the breath work at times, like people, as you know, they might laugh, they might cry, they might get angry, but then after that, they're, they're not, you know, like it's, it's gone and they feel light and they feel content. And this is why that they can help open up and, Again, why I say great for corporate, you know, or getting your team to do something like this because of the yeah, the connection and the bonding and and all of that. And yeah. Yeah. Hey, just one more one more thing. In your story, what I'm noticing is in these extreme situations, you're number one, that you're role modeling. You're paying you're in tune with your group, you're role modeling. You have clear directions, but even if they go beyond, they don't listen in that moment. You you try to get them present, but not, but you also let them learn from their lessons, but you're with them and make sure that it doesn't go far. And I'm just thinking from a leadership perspective with the team, that's um, also important to consider, you know, being really in tune with your team, you give clear directions, you make them understand. And then in that moment, it's like looking them in the eye (laughs) and then moving, doing the movement so that they know what to do. And they may have to learn a little bit that lesson of what happens, what, what are the consequences after so that they, you know, come back to center. So that's, I was just making that connection. Beautiful. Just one more thing, Leah, I, um, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about, but I just would love to particularly focus on women for just a moment, because mm-hmm. I think you did one of the first women expeditions, if I understand correctly. And there may be a lot of women who don't realize, you know, that think this is more of a man thing, <laughs> but actually, cause there are, you know, we are two women who've, <laughs> we're, we're talking taking about over. this. <laughs> What's that? We're taking over. We're taking over. We're taking it was over. so, oh my gosh, it was so male dominated. Raquel, back when I started, you know, and yes, I had the first Wim Hof method women's um, retreat for the world. And because I draw a lot of women, which, you know, it's just incredible. But, you know, for for us, for women, I really like to sort of pass it on more to listen to their intuition, you know, because we're all obviously incredibly different. We're at different times in our lives. And what I've seen with my journey is that, you know, a cold could be a daily practice, but then Sometimes it didn't need to be, you know, if I'm due for my period, I'd leave it for a few days. You know, I just check in and I ask myself, even a few days on my period, it's just left. But that, it depends. That's, see, I've just turned 40. So it's, uh, my body is so much different now to six years ago and it's changing and I'm still getting, always getting to know it. But it's, these tools are also incredibly you know, incredible for our mood regulation. And again, just to touch on, it gets rid of inflammation and so pain's inflammation. So if we think of sore backs, cramping, it's that's so beneficial for women in this way. And I actually don't get PMS these days either. And before I use the Wim Hof method techniques, yeah, PMS, it was, it's quite, you know, normal to experience, you know, headaches, mood problems, again, cramping, lower back, 
but that's non-existent these days. So I'm very grateful just for the, yeah, that rebalancing of the hormones and the immune response and yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's interesting. All the different dynamics that play just by getting into cold exposure, you know, my first cold deep plunge was in Spain with you. And then later on I did the expedition in Poland, but now I have a little bath and I do it every so often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as consistent as you, but I, but I noticed like, Welcome I to done, the cold elite. <laughs> so I was trying to do it like once a week or something. And I went for a couple of weeks. I'm like, Oh, I need it. So yesterday <laughs> did one. And it's amazing how that, like, I can feel it last for a couple of days, even if, even if I don't do it as consistent as you do, but it really makes a difference. It's really nice. So, and I'm a yeah. Caribbean girl. <laughs> you know, with cold feet and cold hands. <laughs> Actually, the reason why I started doing it was because I've had problems with my feet and my hands being cold. And the doctor said, just keep them warm. There's nothing you can do. I'm like, that's, that's, that's not enough. Oh. And I thought, okay, maybe this helps because I can start to learn how to influence my body temperature. I can work with my microcirculation, you know, the muscles. And I wasn't thinking, I was thinking from that perspective more than I was thinking from, from this other aspect of the mental stuff. And now I recognize how important that is too. So I really thank you for bringing that journey and even sharing that with us today on the podcast. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And just quickly for, cause I mean, how many people have cold hands and cold feet that if they just buy a bag of ice, put it in a bucket of water, put their hands and get another bucket and have lukewarm water there, put that, put your hands in the bucket of water for 10 seconds you can start off with, then hands in the, the lukewarm water for 10 seconds and you alternate. So you're opening, closing your cardiovascular system, allowing that blood flow through. And people can do it daily. Um, very good for rheumatoid for arthritis for sore joints and people they will notice it straight away like the pain and whatnot will like especially for rheumatoid because people are in a lot of pain in their joints and yep they will notice that straight away and you can work up to two minutes getting your hands on and your feet in a bucket for two minutes how much do you go back and forth well it depends on the timing so if you can do it for two minutes you do it once or twice mm-hmm. a day but if you're just starting off with 10 seconds, just keep doing it. We bring your hands out and you give them a flick. That'll just mm-hmm. hope, help open up the cardio, the veins, arteries, vessels, and capillaries in our hands. Put them in the warm water and yeah, just do it for a few minutes. It's just a few minutes a day. That's yeah. it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you would love to share with our listeners today? Yeah. Yep. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, how about I just wrap it up by saying, Get to know yourself, okay? Get to know your thoughts. Get to know, and I mean listen to your thoughts, okay? Because you can choose your response to your thoughts. My, I think a lot of people's thoughts, you know, it's almost like a programming, a conditioning from childhood, from the moment we're born, from, you know, school, friends, teachers, our parents, all our environment, social media. and It doesn't have to be you. You don't have to choose to become them. You can choose, is this serving me? Yes or no. Get to know your emotions. Understand your feelings, your sensations. How how your body works, your nervous system as a whole. Um, Observe yourself. Examine yourself and situations. And 
I guarantee, you know, you will start evolving, you will start to align. You know, I, I know that probably maybe a lot of people listening to this, they're, they're looking for their purpose or perhaps they're in their purpose. But these tools and just creating that calmness and that stillness throughout the day is life-changing and it all begins with us and then it's like a ripple effect to everybody else around us and the world becomes a better place. Oh, that's nice. So Leah, if people want to get in contact with you or happen to be in Australia and want to do or heading over there, want to do a wonderful expedition with you, how do they find you? Yes, Raquel, people can find me at, on my website, leahscott.net. My Instagram is at leahscotty. And if they want to jump on to the Wim Hof Method site, it's just the Wim Hof Method slash Leah Scott, all very simple. And I'd love to have everybody along to an event, especially the retreats in the snowy mountains. Yeah. Well, someday I'll make it. <laughs> I'll make it. Thank God you so much you. for being on the Listening Superpower podcast, Leah. It was really a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Raquel. I'm your host, Raquel Ark, and you have just enjoyed your Listening Superpower podcast. This is an independent show, so please show your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and sharing with your friends. I love to hear from my listeners, what you love, what questions you have, any great guests that you have for the podcast. Email me at listeningsuperpower at gmail.com or send a voicemail at plus four nine. 173-234-0722. Check out listeningalchemy.com if you want to help your team communicate more effectively together. We focus on evidence-based listening strategies and we do it in a playful and experiential way so that your team can work better and feel better together. Thank you, Cecilia Mercado, for your amazing podcast production. Ivo Tiemann for your inspiring music and Dorte Streicher for your impactful artwork. It's been fun and see you on the next episode.